Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you effectively communicate. I'll also be interviewing Dr. Diane Hamilton, who's going to share her wisdom on how she helps organizations establish effective communication. For more information about Dr. Hamilton, please visit drdianehamilton.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Effective communication. We all like to think that we communicate very well, that we use the correct words and we're very clear with what we say and what we want to say. And then if someone doesn't understand it, we often think, well, it was that other person's problem or that other person wasn't really listening. My father always said, we judge ourselves by our intentions, but we judge others by their behaviors. So my intentions could be very benevolent. I want to share something with somebody, but if I use a word that may not really convey what I want to say, the other person may not understand it and may not appreciate the benevolent intent that I had. So effective communication is simply both parties understand what the other person is trying to say, the message, the meaning, the nuances of how we present that, and both parties are able to then decide what they're going to do with that information. You'll hear me later talk with Dr. Diane Hamilton about some of these things, but I wanted to go into in greater detail to have a better understanding for when you hear me mention this later. In psychology, we talk about how the process works for us as far as we perceive something, our belief system determines what our thoughts are, our thoughts and tell our emotions what to feel, and then our feelings and translate to what our body does with that. In psychology, we have what's called cognitive distortions. And the layman's term for that are thinking errors. So when the thinking errors are used, what it essentially means is the lens we use over our thoughts and our beliefs 
belief system really skews what's happening. For example, we can catastrophize, a fancy term to basically say, everything is worst case scenario. Everything is dramatized or black and white thinking. Everything is this or that, all or nothing. And we think in absolutes as opposed to the nuances and understanding that there could be a different way to look at a situation. So anytime you or myself struggle with something or we have a negative interaction, it's probably because a thinking error was used. If you go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, in the article section, you'll see the article I wrote specifically about this entitled Thinking Errors. So definitely recommend you check that out and read through it to see what kind of thinking error that you may use. So going back to effective communication, Effective communication is essentially, if there is some type of discord between two parties, it means a thinking error was used. In order to stop that, what we simply have to do is ask ourselves, do we have enough information? If we automatically have a negative reaction within ourselves, what we perceive to be true may not be what that other person is really saying. So if that person isn't, for whatever reason, effectively communicating what they're trying to say to us, it's in our responsibility to simply ask them, this is what I heard you say, is that what you mean? And so when you can have that open dialogue, it helps people get more information to then decide what they're going to do with that information. But if we automatically make snap judgments, unfortunately, we're not going to effectively communicate. And when that happens, there are a lot of unnecessary arguments that happen. So life can be so much easier when we effectively communicate. One little tidbit that may help you with that is if you find that all of a sudden your emotions spike a little bit when you hear something, it's probably because you perceive something that may or may not be true. And so when you can self-monitor the spike in your emotions, it then automatically reminds you, I need to ask for more information. When you get more information, you can then determine if what you thought was true. And if it is true, then you can figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to respond. Effective communication is not as hard as it seems. It's just simply asking more questions. And when you do that, you'll find that you can bypass many unnecessary arguments. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Dr. Diane Hamilton is an award-winning speaker, nationally syndicated radio host, author, and educator. She is the author of multiple books, including It's Not You, It's Your Personality. She is a certified emotional intelligence and Myers-Briggs instructor. She is a former MBA program chair at the Forbes School of Business and has taught more than 1,000 business courses. Through her radio show, keynotes, and consulting, she connects with experts and shares leadership and success tips. Top companies, including Forbes, have hired her to speak to improve employee relationships, increase engagement, improve productivity, and reduce conflict. Welcome to my show, Dr. Dr. Diane. Well, thank you for having me here. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I am too. That was quite a mouthful there. I mean, over a thousand business courses. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about all this. It's such an amazing feat that you've done. So it'll be fun. Yeah, we'll definitely hear about your backstory, how you juggle everything. I mean, like I said, you've done so much and just really inspire us to help us even to improve our own effectiveness when it comes to communication. Okay. Looks like a plan. <laughs> So help us understand this. So you have a PhD in business. Tell us more about that. I mean, how did you even know that that's the realm in which you wanted to, to go in? Well, I always wanted to go into business right from just my bachelor's level. I don't know. You know, it was just one of those things. I took every business course they possibly offered in high school. Once I found out that typing was something I was good at, I just liked <laughs> all, all the things that went along with business. I don't know. It just seemed like a natural progression. One thing led to the other. 
<laughs> but is then I, yeah, it is. It's a weird thing when they take get rid of typing. I'm going to be really bummed because I, 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 for some, I you're going to have to psychoanalyze that why I like it so much. But um, I, I just really loved the, the the whole. I just wanted to get into management. I, I that was my focus. I, I was a personnel uh, minor, and uh, then I got into more organizational leadership as my as my degrees advanced, and uh, ended up writing about emotional intelligence and its impact on sales for my doctoral dissertation. So wow. it just kind of one thing led to the other. So I I like the psychological aspect mm-hmm. of what makes people tick at work and the the keys to success. Um, I, and I write about that. Actually, I'm writing a book right now about uh, curiosity because I, I, oh, I do think there's so many things that are fascinating to deal with uh, business in terms of the psychological components. Mm-hmm. Wow, that would be very interesting to talk about. My, my own psychological mind is whirling here as I'm hearing this like, oh, I could talk about this and that. But that would be really yeah. interesting. We'll definitely have to have you back on my show when you, when you finish that book. <laughs> Okay. Tell us a little bit about your other book. It's not you, it's your personality. Mm -hmm. Well, I wrote that book. uh, Actually, I co-wrote it with my daughter, Tony Rothplatz. Uh, When I was, yeah, when I was looking, um, I was going to write a book about personal finance at one point. And because my agent was very interested in me writing about that, but I really didn't want to go the Susie Orman route because she's sure. so much better at all that. And I just really <laughs> wasn't my, my uh, goal. I was much more interested in these issues. And so she had thought it was important to write in a tone that was at the time was the uh, skinny bitch was really popular mm-hmm. and everybody was writing in kind of an irreverent tone. And so it, it was kind of more of a fun book sure. meant to give, give overview of personality assessments and why they're important in the workplace. So we, we my daughter and I wrote about, uh, you know, Myers-Briggs disc, all, all of them mm-hmm. and tied it into how to understand people in the workplace. And it's meant for kind of post boomers, and it's kind of a fun, light read. And actually, it was required reading for one of the courses I taught. So it's been oh, fun. It. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you look at the Myers-Briggs as well, which was created by a mother and daughter, too. So it's kind of interesting that you have the same parallel process yeah. of you and your daughter writing this book together. <laughs> it was great. I know. I, that wasn't lost on me. I loved that. <laughs> that is funny. I do like the, I do really do like the title, It's Not You, It's Your Personality. That's <laughs> When I was practicing I reading this, I was cracking up laughing. I was like, that is hysterical. That's a great title. <laughs> Doing so much in your life, I mean, obviously having a family, teaching over a thousand business courses, doing so many things. How, as as a successful person, how did you juggle all that? Well, you know, I, I am one of those people that gets bored easily. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you can't give me too much to do. It's pretty hard. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll call a good friend of mine and, and say, you know, I, I think I'm finally knowing you know, what it's like to feel busy. <laughs> I, I can sometimes teach quite a few courses at the same time as yeah. I'm writing and speaking and doing my shows and, you know, because I have a show here on this station with you yes, too. Yes, and, exactly. um, so, you know, there's so many things that, that can, for me, I, I, I do like to keep busy, so mm-hmm. I don't find it overwhelming, but I think I, I have a natural perception of how much I can take on and sure. without you know, overdoing it. So I, I don't, I think that just comes naturally to me for some reason. Well, I think that that is absolutely wonderful. Obviously there's some people who have just different personality traits and obviously I'm sounds like your book even talked about those different types of things, but I think uh-huh. it is really important to realize what one's level of capacity is. I think sometimes when we don't have that internal awareness or that awakening, mm-hmm. if you will, we can pile on too much, but knowing where your level or your threshold is really affords you the ability to take on more than perhaps you originally thought. Right. I mean, I, if I don't come in 
uh, with something early. If I'm late with something that would be very upsetting to me. Mm -hmm. So I have to, I know that if I'm on time, that that's kind of late in my mind. Mm. I, if you're not early, late in the my world that I grew up in. So I, I make sure that I stay within what I can do reasonably because I don't ever want to be you know, making people wait on anything that I do. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to the whole thing where many times people say being on time is actually late. I mean, that, that whole colloquial yeah. statement, I think that that's really yeah. true. But you, you know, you even look at procrastination itself, just on a little sidebar here, procrastination itself. I mean, you, when you think about the efficacy of one's work, if I procrastinate, procrastinate, and all of a sudden I'm pulling an all-nighter to get a research paper done, let's say I'm in school, well, my efficacy level of that project is going to be so low because I've created, I've now piled on so much stress, so much anxiety. It always surprises me when people procrastinate that long because it's like, well, the end product is a representation of your work. So why would you not mm-hmm. want to put the value of that by planning a little bit differently? It's always blown my mind. That's a really good question because uh, I, I, I was, I always thought like you did, and then I took the Myers-Briggs certification, oh, qualification training, they call it. Uh-huh. And when I went through that, you, you know, they have all the dichotomies of personality mm-hmm. types and you can, you can even either be, and one of them is uh, judging or perceiving personality type and the judging personality type, which is what I'm, I'm very high uh, on that level. <laughs> You're right. And that's why we think that way. Yeah. And they, they, we like to do things when you give it to us and we want to get it done and we're structured and we're organized. Right. Yes. But if you, if you get a really, uh, somebody that's more P, they're going to be uh, very much different. They like to wait to the last minute more. They're more um, spontaneous. They're, they're, they just have this different drive of when they like to do things. And in fact, if you give them a time frame of when it's due, they may wait to the last second to do it, but they sometimes work better that way for wow. them where it would wow. drive me crazy. And yeah. I couldn't, you know, <laughs> do that. <laughs> Not my, my choice, <laughs> but for them, it, they, they don't like to do it our way. So yes. I, I kind of saw it a new way after taking that training that I, it made more sense to me. And the, the real trick of working with somebody like that is to make sure you assign a, a a time, a deadline for them because they'll make it, but it just make sure the timeline is maybe earlier so you can live with it. Oh, <laughs> that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I also think about this. And so in psychology, we have what's called an approach avoidance conflict. It's basically the closer you get to the event, the more you want to avoid it. And so you have those two scales that kind of the apex or where they, they, that vector, if you will, where they meet in the, in the center part is where you have to do it, but you want to avoid it even more. And I'm really curious to hear how that would make sense in that situation with a person who is a perceiver and having that because the closer it gets, the more they want to avoid it, which is obviously a form of procrastination, but knowing that you have to do it regardless and just that internal struggle itself, when you know you have to do it, I guess it maybe it just doesn't make sense to me because I am more of that person who gets it done earlier. But there is that conflict that I think generates more anxiety and fear in people than what they realize. And so from an anticipatory standpoint or from a proactive standpoint, point. It's like, well, why would you want to create more stress for yourself? And knowing you have to get it done regardless. So why not do it maybe a day earlier? But once again, I guess that's just my own perception of what, what it is to do, how it is to do those types of things. Well, it, it, it is somewhat your perception because it isn't really stress producing to them. Like if for us, it would make us go insane. Yeah. Well, I guess that's a good <laughs> point. Like, yeah. If it doesn't bother you know them. What I mean? yeah. But yeah. for them, it's like, that's how they, that's how they thrive. Mm. That's a good point. And yeah, they, you're right. They I'm do not better. That way. Yeah. Uh huh. That, that's real. That's a real. I guess that's a really good point. It is simply my perception. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's not everybody. I mean, there's procrastinators in general, but I mean, if you have a certain personality type, mm-hmm. you, you're not necessarily a procrastinator as 
much as working within what makes you energized. And that's that's what makes them energized is Mm -hmm. to have it done in a a certain time frame that is not necessarily the same thing that would make us feel wonderful. (laughs) Well, I guess it goes back to their sense of order. That's their Uh order and their structure is obviously going to be mm-hmm. different than ours, per se. People who more are the judges instead of the perceivers. Right. They just like that freedom a little bit, too, of, of being able to do anything at the last minute mm-hmm. to, to be more spontaneous. I, I, I mean, you and I probably aren't going to hop on an airplane right now and go to Europe without a hotel reservation, but they will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm already stressed out just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> My daughter definitely does that. Does I mean, we'll fly somewhere and she'll go, I'll go, where are you staying? Because I haven't decided yet. Oh my Lord. I wow. know. Yeah. that can't is, imagine. I know. Exactly. Well, you know, switching right. gears here a little bit, you know, switching over to the emotional intelligence. I actually had a, a guest on my show a little while ago and we talked about the emotional intelligence, but you being the expert in this, help, help us understand the emotional intelligence when it comes to just people in general. I mean, many people may not realize what that, what that means. And then I'll take it in, in the application of how, you, how it makes sense for you and your business. Well, emotional intelligence has been studied for a long time, but Daniel Goleman kind of made it more mainstream with a book he wrote in 1995 about, you know, how emotional your emotional quotient, which is your measurement of your emotional intelligence, can be more important. So your EQ can be more important than your IQ. Mm-hmm. And your EQ is a measure of basically uh, your emotional intelligence is just it's been uh, defined by so many different people in so many ways, but it's really how you, you know, understand your own emotions and those and others and how if act appropriately based on that, that understanding. So it, it's having intrapersonal and interpersonal skills. It's, uh, having empathy, mm-hmm. uh, and all the things that go along with what we, sometimes we put into this soft skills, smushy category of things of how to, you know, interrelate with other people. Sure. And it, it's a huge thing in the workplace, soft skills and emotional intelligence, uh, just in general. Uh, so many people are hired for their uh, knowledge and fired for their behaviors. So mm, a lot of people put a lot of focus. Yeah, the focus is really strongly on fixing those behavioral issues. And it's it's tough because they're not necessarily being taught in college or in high school as much as we'd like. Mm. I, I serve on a board of advisors for a K through 12 company called Leader Kid Academy. They're teaching uh, emotional intelligence and soft skills to kids. Oh, wow. Uh, in, right. So yeah, it's a really important uh, thing that we need to work on, I think, with uh, kids as young as possible mm-hmm. to, to have them have those skills. I mean, just having empathy is so important in the workplace by just understanding, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes mm-hmm. can be tough for some. And a lot of it, I mean, you can really talk to people and listen, but maybe not hear them if you, what they're really saying. And I think I, I tell a lot of people to do something like with, with my students, uh, they, they'll submit a paper, for example, and then they'll just copy and paste citations throughout their paper. And I mean, they're just patchworking basically sure. what a bunch of other people said, and they don't really even know what that, what they've said. They, Oh, see, I did all these citations. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it look like I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but they really don't. And I make them paraphrase and a lot of them like that, but it's because they have to actually think about what did this sure. person say and how did I reword this into my own words? And I think paraphrasing what people say at work uh, is very helpful because you you talk to them and you say, well, okay, well, what I'm hearing you say is 
X, Y, Z. Is that what you intended? And it really does help. Well, you know, it's interesting. In psychology, we do the same thing. There's what's called imago therapy. And in imago therapy, mm-hmm. it's um, without going into the great details of it, it just really, it's, it helps couples really work on their mirroring skills, their their communication mm-hmm. skills. Sometimes you can do the, the parodying back, literally word for word what they said, or you can do the summary of what they said, and then you check in with them. Is this what you is this what you said? And so with that, it, it, from a from a marital standpoint, obviously it works. And obviously what you're saying here is from a from a business standpoint as well, it really can improve the effectiveness of one's communication. Right. I mean, I, I mean did you very effective in the marital situation? Yeah, yeah it, would, it would be, yeah. you would really find that that way it uh-huh. allowed people because there's different connotations of words. You know, for example, as an adult, my version of love, my, my definition of that is going to be different than, let's say, a 14-year-old girl's version of love. And so our right. concepts are different. So I may use a word that's not emotionally charged for me, but somebody else hears that word and it's like, whoa, that word means something very negative. And all of a sudden right. I'm like, what is going on? I just simply said something. And so it is so important to have that emotional intelligence to be able to read the nuances of one's facial structure or the, the, the musculature of one's faces, you know, when to recognize emotions or the, the movement of one's body. And so all of that is very subtle and we do it all the time, but to really be aware of all those elements to create a really powerful inter, interpersonal effectiveness in when you're, one's communication. Well, I, I hear a lot of people, actually a lot of people with whom I've worked have come to me and said, you know, they look at this, look what they wrote, look at what, you know, and I look at it and I don't get the same meaning just from not even, you know, there's not even, you're, you're looking at words on a Mm -hmm. page, you know, and and it's, so we've got the technology aspect changing communication as well. Mm -hmm. And they would be very upset over whatever they read because they're reading in all kinds of things that I not, that I don't see at all. Sure. So there's, there's a lot of challenges in the workplace, especially with the virtual communications. And uh, so learning these skills and not necessarily looking for the negative overtones that maybe aren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people tend to do that. Exactly. You know, and kind of re- reflecting back on my field in psychology, we have what's called thinking errors. So there's 15 common thinking errors mm-hmm. to whatever you perceive uh, causes you to feel something in your feelings and tell your body how to react. And so the common thinking errors, there's 15 of them, which so it's kind of like a lens. If you use one of these thinking errors and you, all of a sudden you're going to create conflict within yourself or conflict with someone else. And so I always tell people, if you're finding there's conflict, it's probably because one of you used a thinking error. So really being able to mm-hmm. remove one of those lenses to say, well, this is what I think happened. But what if I thought of it a little bit differently or you know, thinking of your thoughts like a Rubik's Cube? There's six different ways to look at a Rubik's Cube. If you only look at it one way, then you're probably going to have a conflict. So if you take that lens off and say, Mm -hmm. well, maybe they didn't mean to do that. Or what if I were to picture them saying this to me, what I know about them, did they mean that? And so it's like, oh, well, maybe not. So let me kind of revisit that. But I agree with you without that emotional or that that visual connection with someone, one's EQ is really going to determine if that conflict's there or not. So it's really an additional adjunct that helps people communicate more effectively. Right. And there's just so many issues with communicating, you know, virtually and, uh, you know, technology is changing everything that you have to be really open to giving people the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. We, we, we call it netiquette in uh, the classroom and tone and different things because oh, they teach all virtual courses. Yeah. And there, you know, you don't want to type in all caps because it means you're yelling, <laughs> you know, you, you tell everybody what it means, sure, you know, what yeah. to do certain things. People innocently type in all caps, have no idea that that's what it means. Yes. So there's a lot of things that, that we try to teach. I'd, one of my favorite classes I used to teach years ago was first line online, stu- first year, I'm sorry, online students who uh, hadn't taken any courses at 
all. And they were so excited and to learn all the different things like that was, it was just kind of a fun and that is really really neat. experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Well, you know, I've even noticed some of the younger, uh, I don't say kids, but people younger than me, like even when they would write, if they would respond and they, instead of just writing the word, okay, they would write KKK or, or not KKK, but KK <laughs> <laughs> and that double, I guess apparently that double letter means that they're open to talk to you later. I mean, there was like a whole nuance and I was like, wait, what? And so it was just very interesting to me. And there's just this whole, I guess, text language, if you will, that's uh, that younger, younger generation knows. And I'm like, why did you write K twice? You know, I don't get it, but know, <laughs> anyway, just... my husband hates the ba ha ha ha. Oh he's God. like, why isn't it just ha ha? Why does it have to be ba ha ha? <laughs> that is hysterical. Yeah, it is true. I, I mean, there's so much of the, the evolution of all these things. So sometimes I'm behind the curve and I'm like, wait a minute, someone needs to explain to me, or I have to go on like urban dictionary to understand what does this acronym mean? Or what does this term mean? Because uh, half the time, I don't even know. <laughs> I know. Well, well, it does help being around so many people in my job because I, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I heard that because now I won't feel so bad when I <laughs> run into that, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, Dr. Diana Hamilton, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners like to find oh. out more information about you, about all your books, uh, your, your own radio show, which is amazing, where would they find this information online? Well, you could find me just about anywhere if you put in Dr. Diane Hamilton. So that's D-R-D-I-A-N-E-H-A-M-I-L-T-O-N. So I'm on Twitter that way, LinkedIn that way. I have a Facebook page that way. And my website is drdianehamilton.com. You can listen to my radio show if you go to drdianehamiltonradio.com. I'm also on C-Suite Radio and a lot of other locations. I'm on all the places you are too with our <laughs> AM, FM 24-7. We're everywhere, right? We are, yes. So I know. So. <laughs> So, you know, we all, uh, you can find me just about anywhere. My books are available on Amazon and through my site. And uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for being a guest with us. We really appreciate your time. It was fun. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever port you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.